All right, guys, welcome back to Kitchen Counter Chat. Thank you for joining us where we eat, we laugh, and we live well. I am so excited about today's show because I have been talking to Black men all month about just how they are feeling, how they are emoting. Y'all know that's the theme. That's what we're chatting about. If that ain't your cup of tea, this ain't the show for you right now for the part of the next month because that's what we're on. I care. I want Black men to know that I'm holding space for them and that I really want to delve into those deep uh, places. Uh, last week, we had my big friend on deep and he, I mean, gosh, I mean, we talked about so many things from racism to classism to love to children. And, and today I am overtly excited and just elated about a social media connection. I got, you know, I'm a big fan of using social media as a tool in your life and not just like being on there because you're bored, like use it as a tool, use it as a space and place for communication and conversation and getting to know people. I have some of the most genuine people in my life right now because we just were on the same wavelength and same vibe. So this person is none other than at Gangsta Guri on Instagram. I came across his Instagram one day. I don't even know how, honey. He might have been in the Explore page. Maybe somebody shared uh, one of his, you know, his readings as he does every so often. I don't even know that you do them every day, but we'll get into that. But I do know that I was instantly intrigued by how accurate his reading of the day's energy was. So welcome to the show, my new friend, and hopefully your new person that you will support and follow, Gangsta Guri. Thank you for being here, boo. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I'm over here like tearing up, having a whole little moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, you saw me. Like you felt my energy. Like we was on the same page. Like we tried. Like, listen, it's the beginning of a dynasty. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. No, that's exactly how I felt. Like I was like, Oh my God. It, I, I felt the feeling that I always feel when I meet like what I call big friends in my life, people that like show up out of nowhere and then they show up really mm -hmm. big and they just, they serve such a lifelong purpose, not these seasonal people, which is great. I mean, we all have seasonal energy that we, we have to surpass and get through and all of that, but you have such a special gift and I want you to keep giving your gift. And no matter what, I know that this year has been taxing for all, but specifically I think taxing to empath. And I'm just assuming mm -hmm. that you are an empath. I don't know. Completely, sure. but I, yeah, I can only get that from you. And so, y'all, so the reason I'm having Gary on the show is because, Gigi, that's what we, Gigi is what we call yes, on the internet, yes. okay? Yeah, so <laughs> we're on the show because I just feel like this is the part that people are scared to talk about, right? Mm -hmm. When we talk about mental health and emotional wellness and all that, and I'm super passionate, y'all. I am an empath by, by birth, okay? Like, I, I feel um, like you know, my, my mother is an empath, like... I get it honest, but like to meet other empaths is a special conversation because mm -hmm. we don't meet each other often. Like we feel like we're lost a lot of times. Like we'll, we'll connect with each other often, but like just going through the grocery store and like a bunch of empaths, that's not really going to happen because people are mm -hmm. kind of numb, you know, to what's going on around them. But anyway, to feel everything is a burden. I will say that, but it is also yeah. a blessing because it helps Amen. other stuff. Okay. Okay. So, listen, push you on the right path real quick and be like, listen, I'm feeling something about this and this is what I need to be in. I don't need to be around this person right now because it's giving very uh-uh energy. Uh-uh okay, energy. Time for this. Okay. So I'm right listen, here with you. Yes. Okay, so, so much. Let's start the show with what is your sign? Um, I am a Scorpio sun. 
Uh, I am a, because I don't know if y'all do like the moon signs. Mm -hmm. and the rising signs. Like okay, I get into it too, okay? But I'm a Scorpio sun. <laughs> I'm a Libra moon. I'm a Pisces rising. So I'm a wow. secretive, emotional bitch. But you know, I love to be the party. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so I am a Capricorn sun. Mm. I am a Virgo moon. And I am a Gemini rising child. It just, oh, it's a lot of shit. Yeah. It's a lot of Ooh. shit. Yeah. Right, let me tell you something. But the Capricorn Virgo, they work so well. I honestly mm -hmm. don't tap into that Gemini, but I know where I use her. I use her really for work. I don't use her mm -hmm. for anything else because I do have to kind of be two different people, you know, for work purposes. But, um, and it's more of a protective energy. But okay, so let's go sure. back to this, this Scorpio. So let me say this out loud. I really don't fool with water signs, right? Across the board. <laughs> However, Scorpio, no, Scorpios are the only ones I can for what I don't do um, cancers at all. I have like literally one legitimate cancer friend that mm -hmm. I love to, and that's because probably our childhood experiences. He's actually my first of the series. He's on the series as well. And, and Terrence is a special cancer because he it goes to therapy. So, you know, that helps. Mm -hmm. um, that does a lot. help. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Uh, a lot of feelings okay. there, okay? It's a so lot of So what do you think there. is the most misunderstood thing about Scorpios? Because, you know, they say y'all sexy. And y'all are. So I want to know, like, what do you feel is the mis misunderstood? And then what's your best trait as a Scorpion? I feel like you already hit it on the head. Like, I would definitely say, like, the, the sexy time and, like, the idea of, like, us being completely wrapped up in sex or, like, our lives are hinged upon sexual acts or, like, you know, being around, like, is this a place where we could cuss? I just want to make sure we can cuss. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is a free space. Right? This is the okay, HBO. Well, you, okay, you, okay, you, know, right? you know, I had to ask and shit like that because, you know me, I'm a little, I'm a little raggedy. But it's no, okay. I'm, I'm the type of person I'm just like, yo, like, I don't be out here fucking like that. Like, yes, maybe back in the day, like, I call that, like, quote unquote, unhealed Scorpio, like, out there trying to basically, like, catch a nut because they are trying to run away from something else in their lives and they're using sex to kind of, like, uh, plug that hole in a sense. And I feel like that's what we get pegged for a lot, being really like sneaky, very shady. And it's like, yeah, we can be, but that we don't have to be that way with you if you don't give us a reason to be like that. Like we are the type of people that can play along with other folks' energy because we can sense what we need to bring to this space. And I feel like that's probably like one of our strongest traits when you're mm -hmm. tapped into like who you truly are. Um, but I think that like, for me, like one of the traits that I love as far as like my Scorpio self is concerned is like the emotional aspect. Like I know that, you know, water signs, we all have our little emotions going on. And I feel like Scorpios are able to listen and empathize in a different way. And I feel like we sometimes show up in people's lives to help their lives change in some subtle way that they may not even recognize, maybe in a huge way. And I feel like that's one of like the benefits of being a Scorpio. And I feel like, especially with like the work that I do. I'm always about like growth. I'm always about change. I'm always about like transformation and figuring out how I can operate from my best self, like my highest frequency. And I feel like because Scorpio uh, theme wise is all about like death, rebirth, like change. So I feel like we show up in people's lives to really stick it to them and be like, baby girl, you was popping all that yip yip yang yang about doing all this shit and making things pop. So what you really about? Like, we're going to do this together or what's yeah, up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because my spiritual advisor is a Scorpio. And she's actually like kind of toward the um, the end of Scorpio. So she's like on a cuspy mm. Sag energy. But um, and I love Sagittarius women, but I have a sh just a shit ton of Scorpio women. Like, I don't really have a lot of feminine 
direct relationships. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of my relationships are masculine with maybe a touch of femininity there, but women, woman energy can kind of be weird because a lot of women are so unhealed and a lot mm-hmm. of men are so unhealed, obviously, but we mm-hmm. handle and emote those things differently. And so overall, you know, I think it's about fair balance. And so because I'm an earth sign, I really can respond to all of the signs, you know, water, fire, right. Air, I can respond to all of it, but see, Scorpio, uh, well, water signs, we can be muddy or we can mm-hmm. be clear. And I tell people that mm-hmm. because you're water and earth, you know, it can be an unclear understanding or it can be a super clean understanding because when scorpions are like running on the sand and you know they're clear because they're they have a path and they know where they're going those are the type of scorpions that i can latch on to and like i said my spiritual advisor i mean she's been in my life for like 10 years and you know i love her because she just is like you just said like she's such a great listener Mm -hmm. um she's not even like a a therapist by like you know her study but she does therapy for my daughter like i just there are conversations that i trust her to have and and you mm-hmm. all just have a special gift for for the empathic thing you know that is definitely yeah. y'all's number one i feel like and you're responsible with your water like you know where to pour is that yeah because that's like we got to think about it in a sense of like we've been in some of these situations that you may be experiencing and it's all about like the wisdom that we pass on because i feel like Scorpios tend to go through, at least in my experience, a lot of like shakeups in their life, a lot of trauma sometimes in order to get them to a better version of themselves. But then also being able to see that in other people and their lived experiences and, you know, not coming from a place of being the victim when you can come from a place of being like the victor, like and overcoming and claiming victory and then being able to like pass that on to whoever it is that you're engaging with. And also like keeping in mind that Everybody don't want that healing. Everybody don't want that point of view. Everybody doesn't receive that well. So it's like finding the types of people that can reverberate that energy off of you. And you guys are able to see each other like in a different lens and be able to like help clean some things up. And I feel like that's where like the real good, like down to earth, like really about quote unquote doing the work type Scorpios pop up in your life. Okay. So that must be the ones I get because Mm -hmm. so it's a perfect segue to my my actual second question, which is the epicenter of this entire conversation. What is your definition of healing or the healing process? Wow. I know it's not, I know. I, I already know. I said it was not going to be a one, <laughs> one dimensional okay. thing. Okay. But she deep. She deep. Okay. <laughs> um, healing is, I think, well, actually, no. Healing is wanting better for yourself and being committed to growth mm. and knowing that it looks different every single day. It looks different from every single aspect of your life because of you being able to take on change and know that change is going to, uh, it's going to show up in the likeness of whatever you need in that moment and being committed to that, holding yourself accountable. Also making sure that you are not just doing this healing in isolation because you know you have to make sure that the people around you are not necessarily on the same path, but at least they can help be the guide. They can be the guardrails in your life and you don't want to make sure that the guardrails you got to make sure everything is lined up it can't be all wonky and shit like that so you have to be conscious of what you are working towards becoming better at and i think that that takes you being in that space of knowing that like i've hit rock bottom like you have to hit rock bottom in order to know which direction you're going after that in order to want better because if you never really have that baseline of being like yo everything is shit right now and i know that i deserve better than this because i am god's divine creature Yo, that's not, then you have to really just like sign into this mentality of I am I deserving. deserve, I um, deserve. Yes. That is a daily mantra of mine. Well, somebody said this to me, um, 
I'm not even gonna name drop anybody. This person said this to me. She was, he was, I'm sorry, it was he? He was like, hey, um, you deserve. And I have adopted that mm-hmm. mentality and that mantra and that emoting. I have started giving mm-hmm. myself more of myself. Like you deserve. And that's something you'll see and hear me say to people all the time now. I'm just like, oh, honey, you deserve. Like, don't talk of anything. Talk yourself into everything. Okay. And so what you just said. So for me, my definition of healing is just three words or three phrases, I should say. Authenticity, uh, self-awareness, mm-hmm. and really accountability. Like being accountable is... Yes. The, and, and for me, that's why relationships falter with me. If someone gets out of my good grace, it's because they've decided not to be accountable. I grew up with a very black mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. My mama is, you were going to be accountable for the shit you did in her house. Like if it was wrong, if it was right, if it was whatever, you take credit for good shit. You take credit for bad shit. Like that is the way I was raised. And so when people don't want to own their shit, that is my number one pet peeve about anybody. I don't care if we are on a vacation I don't care if we're working together. It, everybody has to own their part or be so self-aware mm-hmm. that you don't have to be accountable, if that makes sense. Like when you're checking yourself all the time, mm-hmm. I check me all day. So I'm in check of myself. Hello? I get mad when I Hello? check somebody else. I'm like, why are you not checking yourself, boo? What's happening, you know? So I definitely, yeah, yeah. I, I feel you on this. Shouldn't be doing no heavy lifting for nobody Ooh. else. Listen, because it's already a heavy Listen. lift over here. And that's all I need to be lifting. I got enough. I got enough strength for this, and that's all I need to be taking care of. And I feel you on that because the thing about it is just like, I think accountability is one of the biggest things, and self awareness. Woo! I feel like that is like the crux mm. of like the work that I do and who I am is like always checking in. And you know, sometimes like I come, I'm an anxious person, suffer from anxiety, mm. clinical anxiety, mm. clinical depression, like stuff mm. like that. So like having to like check myself a lot of the times is something that's like a natural state for me, but I've had to uh, inject a lot more love into that self-awareness and also be like, are you tripping right now? And if you tripping, like, where is this tripping coming from? Is this an unhealed wound? Like, is this something you need to talk about? Or is this something that you need to dive deeper into with this, uh, you know, with the person you're communicating with this with, or who maybe even open the trigger to help you move through that and move to a better space. But like, everybody don't always want to do that work. Cause sometimes like people don't want to smell their own shit. And it's and like when you're not used to smelling your own shit or somebody like Ooh. clocking it, then it's like I feel so attacked. Oh, like, why are you gosh. attacking me? And it's like, no, baby girl. Like, I'm just trying to lay it lay it out and make it plain because we all on this healing. We train, should baby. be on the same train. And so I remember dating someone, and I told him that he was a narcissist to his face, and he was so offended. Like, he didn't want to talk to me. But see, this is the thing. If I come and tell you, uh, Gigi, you black. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See, when you call someone a thing mm-hmm. that they are, but they haven't yet accepted who they are and their totality, mm-hmm. it is, I am a mirror. Okay, this is Tiffany. Okay, I can't speak for nobody else. I yes. am a mirror. So if you are in a relationship with me on any level, this is from my daughter to my mother, any precious human being that I become in contact and talk to, I'm going to pull this mirror up and you're going to see you for who you are, whether you want to or not. And that could be okay. grand. That could be, baby girl, you're not living up to your best potential. That could be, baby boy, you over here tripping and you be, you know, you're a narcissist. Like, it's okay. The problem is that we've labeled narcissism as such a negative thing because generically by society standards, it is a negative thing. It's something you need to be working on and feeling through your healing, right? Getting to the root trauma of why you act this Mm -hmm. way. Why are you assessing this thing? And so for me, because I've studied psychology and sociology for so long, behavior is communication, okay? 
And so when mm-hmm. someone is behaving in a way that I see does not align with my authenticity, the person that I am, I have to disconnect. I'm automatically like repelled from it. I can't even, it's like an auto sensitive mm-hmm. type of So I think with men, and I want to kind of recenter the conversation, you know, it's difficult because we've told men as a society, it is not okay to be emotional. And we have, mm-hmm. okay, so I have another question and, and I'm a, then we can go into this. Why is femininity negative? <laughs> um, femininity is seen as negative in men because it's uh, synonymous to being weak. It's synonymous to being a beta, quote unquote, instead of being an alpha, which I feel like men grow up being told like you have to be dominant. You have to be aggressive. You have to be domineering. You have to be in control. You have to be kind of like the person that is calling the shots. And it feels like as a man, like naturally that is what is told. You need to ascertain yourself to in order to be seen as masculine. And femininity is always uh, associated with weakness, being lesser than, um, being kind of like given like second rate. And I hate that that is what has been pumped into our brains ever since we were children, even though it's not something that's like, said outright, it's in the actions, like you mentioned, you know, everybody's actions kind of like uh, portend that vibration. And I find that femininity is one of the most beautiful things, like the divine feminine energy that we all carry within ourselves. If we open ourselves up to it, that, that compassion, that creativity, that nurturing sense of self, like, that's why I was about to say, um, cause you know that they say like moms, uh, and boys like get along really well, like getting up, like growing up or like a mama's boy and stuff like that. Like we naturally like want to be closer to somebody who's going to give us that nurturing, that healing. So it's like, why can't we do that for ourselves? Oh. Like, why can't we generate that energy within ourselves and like know that we may be looking for relationships and maybe looking for people that are trying to like heal those unhealed wounds within us when it no- it should be starting with us and should be starting with us giving ourselves that love and knowing that we are capable of doing it. We are capable of sharing our emotions. We are capable of being able to be seen as emotional beings because like if you're running around stoic as fuck, like not necessarily like taking a moment to like take a step back and breathe, then you're really not enjoying life to the fullest. And you're basically just like trying to be like everybody else in the matrix. And I don't understand that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like pull well, yourself I think out. so much of it starts, and I was having this conversation this morning actually. It starts at childhood because we we give hyper masculinity to boys, right? On the end of, oh, mm-hmm. don't cry about that. Fix your face and all this stuff. Or you're going to go play football. I don't care if you don't like sports. Like this energy that masculinity mm-hmm. is the dominant space and you acting like a girl. And But why is acting like a girl a negative thing? Like as a woman, I, I could not be more offended when I hear men say this to their boys or, you know, to their, their you know, their boys, their friends. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. so you acting like a what? Like, and it's like, how is that less than? And I guess because as a child who grew up in like Southern America, um, I'm very indoctrinated mm-hmm. in the Christian faith. And, you know, we were raised in, you know, Father right. God. And as I've become an adult, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, there's, okay. My Christian people, you're going to be mad, but I'm going to say this because I've said it on Facebook. I say it all the time. There is no way. And this is just my opinion. There's no way that. God is solely masculine. And I say this because if I'm in a relationship with a man and I cheat on him, honey, he will never speak to me again. Okay. He's never going to call me again. He's going to be so disgusted in most cases that 
I cheated and I went over here and I did this other thing. Masculine energy is jealous. Masculine energy is angry. Mm. Masculine energy is a lot of things. God is, if God is such a God of grace and forgiveness and space and just not containable, how is that not feminine? Like I just, so for me, I've chosen to acknowledge God in the masculine and feminine format, but I will say mother God mm-hmm. when it's appropriate. You know, I will say father okay. God when it's appropriate. I feel I had to really like unlearn this father, father God, father God, father God, this man, 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 he, 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 mm-hmm. because there's no way. It's just like, and when I, when I see God, man, God manifesting in people and humanity, I'm like, men don't have the grace that women have men not. I mean, it has to be learned, you know, if they do have it, um, it's a learned trait. I don't think it's by nature. And so I'm just like, you know, there's a lot of learning and unlearning. And we always talk about that in general, you know, me and my, my friend group, like we're doing so much unlearning because this, like, to me, this last seven years specifically has been about unlearning because we have been so indoctrinated. And I tell this story all the time about, like teenagers and then 20s and then your 30s. How old are you there? I'm in you're my 30s. 30s. You're 30? I'm 31. Okay, so you're, you're mm-hmm. a younger 30. Okay, mm-hmm. so I tell this story too when I speak to young girls in, you know, in high school. I'm like, okay, sex is not mm-hmm. for your teens. That's my, my spiel. Sex is not for your teens. And then, then we go into this conversation about why it's not for your teens. And then I say... Um, sex is definitely for your 20s, right? And I'm like, and let me say why, you know, mm-hmm. because this is the time in your life where you're learning and unlearning. You're really unlearning because you spent the last 18 years of your life under the, the guise of your parents. They've given you yes. their life. They're like, hey, this is how we eat. This is how we drink. This is where we go. This is what we wear. And now it's up to you to unlearn between 18 and I say the rest of your life. But let's just say specifically 18 to 28, you're going to do so much discovery. You, I want you to have the whole phase, okay? I, I'm that, I'm that sister. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, have the. I've had two. I've had two really glorious whole phases, right? And I really, you <laughs> yes. know, I enjoy the freedom to be able to say that out loud because women, you know, we're suppressed, you know, about sex, and men can talk about how many hoes they got. It's all good and whatever. But when women talk about it, it's like, oh my god, what is she saying? And so, yeah, and so, I mean, your thirties is for finding and accepting you like your 30s is like bitch i am here this is me, me. Okay. And so you're you see you're 31 i'm on the i'm on the other end i'm, a, I'm i'll be 38 in a, in a less than a month and i am kind of i'm in the space of girl please like bitch like i don't have it for nobody if that makes sense i don't even have a lot of okay. grace because i already have a child and i'm just like okay um, I have to reserve my grace for her. So everybody else that's an adult in the world, mm-hmm. I have it. And so I just say all that to say, we go through this cyclical thing where we will repeat ourselves in childlike patterns if we don't fix it as we go. And that goes back to your point, yes. I think, about healing, that it's just an ongoing process. And I want men, I just want men to feel free. My last guest, I, I asked him, I said, when was the last time you cried? You know, have you cried in 2020? And he was like, yes, I just can't remember exactly when, but I did. I said, okay, that's an issue for me. And I'm not saying that you, everyone emotes the same, but I feel we haven't even given men permission to cry because we've, uh, we've told Mm -hmm. them that it's less than, or it's feminine or whatever this negativity toward femininity is. Why? Like, why do you think, I mean, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I, I don't, I do identify like, okay, hetero men have a particular lane about certain things sometimes, 
Right. Sometimes not. You know, it, I can't even get sexuality, you know, posed in it all the way, but I know that it plays a major role in the freedom of being. Definitely mm-hmm. does. I, I feel like for me, because like even as you spoke about like growing up in the South um, and growing up as a, a gay black boy, like in Conyers, Georgia. Oh, very wow. Small town. Okay. So like I had to navigate like growing up uh, because I didn't end up going to church like and stuff like that and dealing with the Lord like in that capacity until basically uh, you remember Don't Ask, Don't oh, Tell yeah. back in the day. That's how old I am showing okay. my age. Um, that was when it started popping. And it was like that was the moment where my parents like made me feel like what I was feeling or what I was experiencing, what I was going through was wrong. Oh. So that kind of like a uh, balance with like really trying to like ascertain myself to masculinity um, because of me having this inherent feminine nature, like being very, like I'm, I was a very quiet child, very like, you know, to himself, uh, you know, very just like love to be loving to like the people around me and loving to my family, loving to my friends. And I felt like that was seen as a weakness. Like that was something that was always like pointed out growing up. Like I needed to toughen up or be vigilant or, you know, really just like uh, be a little bit more masculine, quote unquote, because it was something that was kind of like post to keep me safe. Um, I remember a lot of the times like my parents would like tell me, you know, especially because of me, I told them I was bisexual because back in the day used to be like, by now, gay later, I could stay away. And, you know, they maybe will give me a little pass and won't be as upset. But in their mind, it was a, a, a protection method. Like my masculinity, especially being a black man, was what was going to keep me safe in these streets. Because if I'm out here, quote unquote, being feminine, being sensitive, like, you know, floating around doing whatever, that would make me a target. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has been those type of experiences, especially growing up in rural Georgia, uh, where you are targeted because of your uh, your race and your sexuality. Like that's just basically like a done China bun. Like it's a double whammy. So I grew up with this fear and paranoia around being able to like really tap into who I have always been. And like you said, a lot of that unlearning had to be done when I went to college. I went to um, Morehouse. So oh, I was wow. in Atlanta, like around mm-hmm. a bunch of it, that was an experience in itself. And it's like being around other black men who are from different walks of life, different shades of life, different lived experiences. And we're all basically like growing. We're learning that we are all different, but all very unique and have this common thread that exists between all of us. And it's just like being able to see like those different shades of gender expression was one of the most, I guess, like it changed my life. And it allowed me to know that I could be who I truly was and who I truly am, but I needed to like really affirm myself and like gain that confidence back. And I feel like my twenties was working on getting that back. And my thirties is really like stepping into it and knowing that like, as my divine masculine, as I like to call like that builder energy, like that action oriented, like, but also with that mixture of my divine feminine, that creative energy, that nurturing energy, that loving energy, that compassionate energy, like that makes me able to be able to like, you know, fit into whatever places I feel most appropriate. But I also think that it's important to note that like because of my queer experience and because of me not feeling, you know, manly enough for the dudes and like, you know, also being not super, super feminine, but having my feminine moment. So it's like, I don't necessarily feel like a woman. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like I am a woman. I don't feel like I am female. Like, I feel like I have like these moments, like my gender expression is fluid. And it kind of like goes based on what my, my vibe is that day. But like, being able to own that, especially like uh, growing up, was a lot more difficult than one would. When think. was your first like? Okay, so I struggle with um, this definition that 
uh, queer people or anybody in the letters has to have, which is this coming out moment. I, I don't, I, I mm-hmm. think it's unfair and stupid. That's just my, my feeling is. toward it. But when do you feel you had your first like free experience? Like I'm outside, I'm queer, I'm okay. The people around me are okay. Like all of it at the same time. Wow. Um, that's actually a really difficult question to answer. Like, as I sit here, I'm like, you would think it was, you know, when I got into my my early 20s, like my late teens or something like that. But I think the first moment that I felt myself being good and also like the people around me feeling good at the same time had to be, I think like 27. Wow. And were you, where were you in the United States? Like, where were you? Where were you? I was okay. here in New York. I was here in New York and it was a moment because, you know, New York is, it has a very like oh, heavy population, yeah. has a very, a heavy population of like anybody that's part of the community, part of the queer community. Yes. You know what I mean? So like there's been a lot of like ebb and flow and a lot of change and also a lot of ebb and flow and change within me. Like I still walk outside sometimes. Like there were still times I'd be walking outside, like paranoid that my ass would get snatched up mm-hmm. by a nigga <laughs> off the street because right. I'm just walking around in my, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and that paranoia, but it's like. I feel like when I finally started to get deeper into my spirituality and really start practicing, um, you know, just like tending to what I needed that day or like really sitting and meditating, really sitting and like censoring myself was when I started to feel the most connected and also notice that the people around me felt very connected to their expressions as well. I think what it is too is like, so I lived in New York, so I'm definitely familiar with that, what that energy of freedom feels like. And I have so many friends with this exact same story, like, Ooh, child, it wasn't time I moved to New York and I was down in the village chain and I was, or I was at this, whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like this, um, yes, it's okay. Like people kind of give you these nods and these looks and it's okay to be exactly who you are. But I want to say overall, I just, I have really, really, all, I've always been an ally to, to this community because I, my mom, so my mom's best friend died from AIDS in the 80s. Um, so I've been around gay mm. black men my entire life. And specifically, um, mm. queer. And my, my papa used to back when queer was not a popular word. My papa used to say stuff like, "I'm mm-hmm. telling a queer boy to come over here and pick you up, so you y'all can go shopping because you and your mama getting on my nerves, you know that kind of stuff." So my grandfather, he didn't know <laughs> what else to call it, but he loved him like a, like a son, and you know, and it was actually really sad because when Uncle Garfield passed, he died from AIDS in California, but his family didn't tell anybody, including my mother. Oh, wow. My mother had to go to her best friend's grave at six weeks after he he died. To pay her respects because his family was so embarrassed that he died from this this thing. And I'm like, God, but you know, back then, like, even if you died from cancer, like it was a thing, like it was a stigma. It was yeah. really bad. And so especially in the in the 80s. And so I just always grew up with this responsibility of saying, Uncle Garfi lived such a short life, and what a life to have been cut off not being your full free self. Like it is. It mm-hmm. hurt my heart. Actually, I had another older friend who passed away a few years ago, and it just broke. He was the minister of music at our church, and it just used to break my heart that I mean, he was very like expressive. He was himself, but I still mm-hmm. feel people didn't believe that he was like a gay black man playing the piano. And it's okay that he's all those things, and he's at our church, and we're all and In it's fine, right? So yes. I when he died though. I just remember this whole feeling like God. Like I just hope he knows how loved he was and like we would go to happy hour and we would have you know just all of our time together but 
I just, I, it breaks my heart, the idea that people can't just be who they are without this yes. energy that you're being judged for it or, well, why would you want to sleep with the this? And why? And like, and I, my biggest thing is like, child, mind your business. Like, they ain't sleeping with you. Not, okay. It's, it's none business. of your business. It's none of your business. And so, and so this okay. is such so I bring all of that up to say, I feel that hetero, like men, black men specifically, a lot of them, I won't say all of them, a lot of them, they just want to be disassociated from being gay or being a woman. And that's where they equate emotion and the executioner or the, you know, the mm -hmm. expression, like you said, of emotion. And I'm like, guys, this, this thing is so deep. Trauma is so deep rooted that so it's deep. so deep. So and and y'all don't want to go to therapy. Y'all don't want to, like somebody brought up the other day, like, why don't I date men from Houston? Cause I, I live in Houston now. And I'm like, Oh, they mm -hmm. like they're all the, I've never I'm from Houston. I've never dated a man from Houston. They're like, really? I was like, no, my first love is from Louisiana. And every man I've dated after that is not from Houston. I'm I'm unattracted to the men men in this town. And he was like, Well, why do you think that is? And I said, mm -hmm. Well, I don't necessarily know that it's a Houston thing. It's a trauma thing. <laughs> I said, because he was like, Oh, it's like that in Atlanta. It's like that in DC. I said, it's a black male issue it's a black people issue we have so much trauma mm -hmm. collectively from different sprouts and spaces but when we go into our subsectors like okay black women or black gay men or queer people that identify as multiple things whatever like we subset people and then we don't want to go get to know them where they are and so mm -hmm. this blockage that we really have is if everybody would just do their own individual work that's where I'm at. I'm not at the yes. place where you all got to go to therapy at this time every day and talk to your mama about like, you know, like, let's just do our thing. Like everyone wasn't raped. Everyone wasn't, you know, a horrible student in school. Everyone doesn't have the same story. So because we don't have the same story, we've all got to do our own work. And I just think that's where mm -hmm. I want black men to feel okay doing their work. Just being able to see other people that do not look like them or other people that do not identify the same as them. Like, doesn't it get boring <laughs> to have everybody around you be the same? Like, that's in my mind, like what the issue is. And it's like you're basically stopping yourself from being able to recognize and respect other people for their lived experiences. But you want the same respect for you. And like, how, how does, does that, that work? work? Like, you can't give what you're not that getting. Part. So how can you allow yourself to just like also take into account that your feelings, your, like, who you are as a human, who you are as a soul, like, who you are as your spirit has to be tended to. And the more that you stuff certain aspects of yourself down or you ignore um, those things that need to be addressed, the more that you are basically, like, adding to the wounds that exist in your life. And it's your job to unwind that, not anybody else's. And you're right. Everybody doesn't do therapy. Everybody doesn't do therapy. Everybody doesn't do, like, having those deep conversations with people that they do not know. But you do have somebody that you should be uh, having in your corner to just like know that they can support you to help you get the assistance that you need. And also, if you're not willing to do it with everybody else, then you need to at least start to do it for yourself because you should give, give a fuck, a fuck, about, fuck yourself about yourself enough to want to invest <laughs> yes. in your like, it's come the on now. for me. Like, and that's what I don't get. Because there's not enough people holding their friends to the fire and holding their friends to the mirrors and holding their friends to the whatever. See, our parents, and I, I'm not, I don't know anything about your background. Let me say our meaning. I can speak for my generation of like parents. Mm. Child, they was busy working, surviving so they could afford okay. to send you to school or give you these opportunities, go send you to Disney World and all the other shit that we did as kids that they didn't mm -hmm. get to do, right? So like for instance, um, okay, so my mom and my grandmother 
now that I'm a 37-year-old woman with my own child, I realized they had a fucked up relationship. And I was like, geez, like that's why my mom didn't know how to really pour. Like my mom just didn't have the tools. She like, like she got them later mm-hmm. in life, but like when we were little girls, my mom, she was like, my mom was really great at like giving us experiences and she was really great at like just making sure we were provided for. Like I never woke up with the lights off. I never woke up without food. I never woke up with any of these, you know, stories that I hear from other people. I just wish that me and my mom were friends sooner, if that makes sense. And, and the friendship Mm -hmm. thing had to come after to me after I became a mother. Um, if I'm honest and my mom, my mom unloaded some shit on me during Thanksgiving week about my dad. And I said, Oh, and guess what? I got a whole other layer of respect for my mother that I I couldn't have had without that perspective, right? Now, I gently knew some shit about my dad. Like, my dad, I never romanticized my dad, um, but my my mom and dad were definitely, like, they were in love. They were married. They had a beautiful wedding. They had people love them in the community. They were just this ideal to so many other people. But my mom was living a nightmare. Like, my mother was living a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And so, in hindsight, I'm like, gosh, I said... The fact that I'm even here is so intentional because the bullshit that you went through from 1974 to 1986, no woman should be dealing with, like no woman. And the fact that you stayed and you fixed it and you did what you could do and you did it anyway, like it, you You worked it out, sacrifice. Come on. And so when I became a mother, that was what I realized. I was like, Jesus, just the sleep. Every black man and woman and child, and wh- go thank your mother or your grandmother, whoever raised you, for the sacrifice Please. of sleep, honey. It's the sleep for me. I did. I haven't slept in ten years. Okay. okay. I time. When you have a child, honey, uh, they take away your sleep. Okay, they take away your peace while you sleep. Because if my child coughs different, I'm like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? You know, you're right. What's going on? So, you, know, you, you have that. <laughs> no, uh, I feel protection. that. So, like you said, if your mom can do, if mom, well, like I said, if your mom can do all of that. Why you can't just sign up for the therapy? Sign up for the counseling. Okay. Talk to somebody. Or just take yeah. care of yourself. Do do it for you. And it's just like that investment in your own personal like attention and also just like wanting better for you. And I think that a lot of the times like black men, because I know that I've fallen into this trope as well, is thinking that I've I've already mm. hit where I'm supposed to be. I can't get no more. Like the ceiling is I can't really make it higher than this because I'm seeing everybody else around me basically like not necessarily doing shows around me or doing donuts is more about like what I've been told is that I have to work yeah. so much harder and I have to do things like three, four times as difficult or do three, uh, four times as more in order to get what this person next to me is having. And it just, sometimes that becomes a little like uh, daunting. It becomes very, very heavy and some people just give up, but it's like, you can't give up on yourself and you can't give up on your growth. You can't give up on the fact that like there is more that is out there for you because you are, a divine child of the universe. You are a divine child of God. And isn't that said that you are supposed to, you know, be in the land of milk and honey as long as you do what you're supposed to do, as long as you continue to ascend, as long as you continue to state that you do deserve and you will receive because that is what this lifetime, this experience is supposed to be. But it's like giving yourself that that moment to just like affirm that over you. And people are not taught how to do that. We had to learn how to do it. We had to learn how to do it on our own. And then a lot of the times you just said you had this conversation with yeah. your mother now and you're being able to see what she did. It's like we didn't have those types of conversations growing up to give us that guidance. So a lot of us are having to figure it out on our own, also feeling awkward about it because it's not something that's talked about. And that's what hinders a lot of the growth. That's what hinders a lot of the 
the progression when it comes to mental health, when it comes to emotional wellness, because we haven't been given the tools. And we also are sometimes so prideful, let Mm -hmm. ego get in the way that we don't allow ourselves to step next to somebody and be like, yo, like, I'm really trying to learn from you because I see what you're doing. I see what you're on. I respect you. And I'm not trying to necessarily get like you, but I could also use the inject of whatever you got going on over there, my nigga, because you obviously got some shit popping. And that's what I feel like we have to remind ourselves, like, we are humans. We are brethren, whether or not we see it as such. And the more that we operate in that lane of thought, that's when we start to ascend as a race. And that's what I feel like Black people should really be focusing on, like, community. And truly, like, knowing that community, is it doesn't have to be everybody. Everybody is not your family. Everybody is not your friend. But you will find the right people because you have stated that over your life and you stated what you needed. And the universe will always provide if you allow it to and you have faith. That's the biggest thing that a lot of us are missing is that faith aspect and knowing that even if it's not received or even if it's not seen how we think that it's supposed to be or people may be talking their shit, whatever, whatever, like it will always be pulled from and, you know, gotten from whoever it needs to be gotten from. And those are the people you're supposed to ride yeah, with. Yeah, child, listen, child. That's what I'm saying. It's, a, it's, a, it's a show by itself. The read that Black people need, like the read that they need, I <laughs> it's such a big okay. space because... Like I said, different generations have had to do different things to get wherever they are. And so our generation, we're the freest we've ever been, right? Just by obvious uh, reasons. But I think that with comes that freedom comes responsibility. You have to say, guess what? It's my turn to do that for my family. Like I think the last, like the generation that's like a little bit, so they're like maybe 20 years older than you. So they're about 15 years older than me. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, we got to buy a house mm-hmm. and we got to have paid off cars and we going to yep. be a little bit of on that, but you know, mm-hmm. whereas my generation, I'm in a micro generation. So I was born in 1983. So between like 1979 and 1986, mm-hmm. show a very group, that micro group they call us. And so we're on that cusp of yep. technology and, and, you know, no technology and so well technology of the time so we got to watch the internet become a thing you know we got to watch a lot of things so with all that being mm-hmm. said our generation we teeter right we we love the freedom of like zennials like people that are like 22 years old yep. and they out here smoking weed uh-huh. all day and I, I literally i didn't i didn't have an Chilling. experience with marijuana from a smoking perspective until i was 32 years old and so when I'm, yeah, like literally, oh, like wow. until I was starting, and it was, be- I'm telling you why, because I got into cannabis from a food perspective, like work shit, like I was consulting and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, and knowing the difference between smoking high and eating high and, you know, body high and head high, like I had to learn all that stuff. And so I just had to say there's, there's a small jealousy, I think, of the freedom that even the 22 year old to like maybe 28 year old has, but then there's this responsibility we have with making sure that you don't go to jail for it that we have. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we like, look, we voting for people that's trying to expunge records and trying to make sure you all live a space that's free of legislation that is built to hurt you. That is where my protest is. My protest is not on the streets with a picket sign. My protest is dismantling the system that we live in because unfortunately okay. black men and black women live um, in this construct that we cannot dismantle alone right we need white people to dismantle their bullshit so where we sit is mm-hmm. all of that affects who we are though so all the trauma it's not just um i was raped by my cousin right it, like well, not me literally but you know like the stuff that we definitely deal with as families and family units 
it's outside of that. So not only do you have family drama with your mom, your dad, your grandma, your uncle, and your auntie and your cousins, you've got drama just walking down the street, like you said, not to get body snatched on 34th because you're just trying to go pick mm -hmm. up uh, a pastrami sandwich. Like, what the fuck? So there's this energy okay. that Black people, we just constantly are... That's why I feel like so many of us are stressed. I had to go to a complete... Mm -hmm. raw diet i have lost like 24 pounds in the last two not even two months like maybe six weeks because i just had to go to a raw di diet yes. just to reset myself like i was like y'all my body is mm -hmm. so stressed right now that food even is stressed like i just gotta eat fruit and vegetables only okay i'm not cooking it. i'm not even gonna mm -hmm. cook it i'm just going to put it in the smoothie machine the juicer and just that's how i'm living and so i said mm -hmm. that to say we just have so many parts that move about us and it's this orbit that we can't even yes. stop to say, like, I feel like 2020 kind of put a pause on the orbit for a lot of people. Like, okay, mm -hmm. Gigi, you, you, you know, you've been over here pouring into everybody else. Now I need you to pour something into yourself. We had to be forced okay. to do that because impact people, to you know, we'll, we'll pour into a, a, a bitch that is needy all day because we just, it's just who we are. That's just, That's what just how it is. So mm -hmm. I think now that overall, you know, I, that's why I wanted to create the space for black men, because I'm like, I think not all women are healed. Not all men are healed. Not all anybody is healed. Everybody's doing their work. But I do think there's mm -hmm. a sector of masculinity that doesn't feel that they deserve that freedom. Because they don't even know what mm -hmm. it looks like or what it sounds like or what, like you yeah. were just saying, like the fact that you put your phone on do not disturb just to like get through a phone call. Like taking that type of ownership yeah. of like your day to day is so important. And I, I, so what I would say to you is I want to know what, what are like a couple of tools? I'm not going to put a number on it, but like, what are a couple of tools that mm -hmm. you use or that you suggest that people use to recenter and to just begin a journey of getting it out or processing something? I think that, uh, that's a really great question. And I feel like everybody's journey looks very different based on kind of like, I think of it as a couple things. One I think about it as like who you are is like yourself because we're all very unique individuals. I think that really getting to know like yourself, like your signs. So, you know, like your rising sign, your sun sign, like maybe those types of things are really important for you to like learn more about. I also think um, learning more uh, human design. Human design is uh, it's like a chart that basically tells you the type of uh, person that you are and kind of like how you respond to things, what triggers you, stuff like that. A lot of that work helped me to just like get to my center. Um, but for me personally, I am the type of girl that loves to get up in the morning. I will throw on like brainwaves. So I know uh, people may have or may not have heard about these, but like yes, delta waves, alpha waves, yes. theta waves, they help. They help with like, I think about it as like programming mm -hmm, the mind. Mm -hmm. So I always look for something like online. I have an app called the Brainwaves app. I've been using it for years. I literally will tell anybody about it because I think it is the most magnificent app to really like rewire your mind as far as like what it is that you need. So I will start my morning off with that. Um, I'll listen to whatever it is I feel like I need for the day. Um, meditation doesn't have to be you mm. sitting, going home, <laughs> like with your hands. Like meditation is the act of being present. And I want people to really like take into stock what it means for you to be present in a moment. Like, you know that we have all these passing thoughts and we have anxiety sometimes that's looming. And it's like when you slow your mind down, when you slow your body down, when you slow your spirit down, really listen to what it needs and ask questions like when you sit and you're having like a, a overwhelming thought, like, why am I feeling this way? Where is this coming from? Why do I feel like this? Where did this response 
happen. And just like sitting and like asking yourself and unwinding is really important. I'm a type of girl, like, I love to, uh, I have my own altar. I have an altar for my ancestors. Come on. I have an altar for my higher self. Come on. Um, so I like to separate those two energies to be like, yo, I'm praying to my people. I sit and pray to God there. I drop off, you know, like, my thanks, my gratitude for, like, you know, all my friends, my family, what have you. Light some candles, do some incense. I'll do it for my higher self. So I think about that as, like, you know, the person that you always see yourself being, that person that you want to respond as, the person that kind of, like, takes the high road when they need to take a high road, but can check a bitch if they need to and chop them in the throat. Like I pray to that person in the future and ask them to come and kind of like guide mm, that's them. Deep, so okay, let's stop right there. Just you... one second, just one second. Okay. Because I think we're driving past mm-hmm. things we take for granted because it's shit that we've, we've gotten to, you know, we are here. How does one even get to a place mm-hmm. of affirming their future self? Like, do we write this down? Do we say it out loud? Do we create an altar? Like, what do you think is the first step to acknowledging who you want to be? I think the first step to acknowledging who you want to be is sitting down and really processing where you are right now and like making sure that where you are right now is not a version of like past trauma, a version of past like unhealed portions of yourself. Like, where are you in this moment? What do you affirm? What do you stand in? And what are you working yourself towards and stating it like out loud? writing it down and knowing that you are that person. Like you're not trying to get there. You already are there. And the more that you think about yourself already being there, your actions will reverberate and have that same energy in regards to who it is that you are quote unquote becoming. You're already there. It's like, you just have to step back into your crown. And I always tell people to really just like, remember you all, all you gotta do is sit back on the throne and put your crown back on. But it's you calling that energy in every day and like sitting down and making sure that you give yourself that time to do that. And a lot of us get so caught up in what I like to call the matrix, the job, you know, uh, the running around for somebody else, the running around to like make sure that other people, other things are taken care of before taking care of ourselves. Can't pour from an empty cup. Can't, you know, let people dip in an empty well. So it's just like, how do you fill your well up every day? And also knowing that certain days have certain energies that you should be taking advantage of. Like I know on Mondays, that's the day where I do all of like my personal resetting because it's the day that's ruled Monday, by the moon, baby. day that's ruled by all of our emotions. Monday okay? has been my and off it's just day. Like, that's I'm just sorry. Monday has been my off day for the last 17 years. No. Yes. Okay. Come on now. Wednesday is mine because Wednesday is um, ruled by Mercury. So it's communication. So it's just like, well, I need to communicate with myself, you know, on a higher level today. So I want to make sure that I enjoy the energy of this day to its fullest. Um, so it's just like really taking some accountability into that. And also just like, I think about it as a, you know, back in the church, it'd be like, you got to put on the armor of God before you walk out the house every day. How do you put on the armor of your future self every morning before you step out of the house or before you step into that zoom meeting or before, you know, you step into that conversation with whoever it is, like, how do you call that energy in and like sit and uh, fester in that, in the positive. So that way your outcome no, is so going good. to be, you know, grand. I think it's, and it's in a like I do like, and it's just like stepping when I was younger, that. when I would tip people, I would like start at like $25. Like, let's just say my bill was going to be $50 to a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I started $25 and I would just like work my way down if I need to, if not, they get quick mm-hmm. So I, and, and now I'm just, because I'm in the food industry and always have been, mm-hmm. I just tip people. Like I just have learned people have bad days. I can give corrective energy and still bless you, whatever. That's me ascending to my higher person. But mm-hmm. I tell people the same thing about leaving your home. Like I'm about to leave my home after mm-hmm. we finish recording and I'm going to get a lot of things done today, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm going to start, I start my day off with my best intentions, with my best energy, with my best, I'm going to drink my water. I'm going to take my vitamins. I'm going to do my things. Mm-hmm. And then 
I allow the world to do its weight. Does that make sense? Because the world is going to weigh on you. It's how you respond. It's not just oh, yes. a bad day. No, honey. Uh, you had a lot of things happen, but a bad day is something else uh, for most people. We've we've allowed our significant other to call us and talk to us mm-hmm. sideways for two minutes to become a bad day. We've allowed our boss at work to be disappointed in our production to make us have a bad day. We've allowed certain small things because we are convenienced by being grand, you know, that we right. are, oh, I ha- I'm so worshipped by the world. I'm so worshipped by my office. Everybody loves me. And then when they don't love us, we're, this is narcissism, you know, it's, it's talking. So, yes, arrive, guys. Show up as mm-hmm. your best person because then a lot... If you show up high, then it takes a lot to bring you low, if that makes sense. But if you start at a low vibration for your day and you're like, this bitch, you know, Hello. and you allow someone to like fuck up your morning from the beginning. Like if your morning is your time to reset and everybody doesn't have, mm-hmm. oh, I wake up in the morning and I'm going to sit down and meditate, uh, you know, or this, they don't have the time or the posture really spiritually to be there. So right. maybe your meditation is at nighttime. Maybe your meditation is at lunch. You know, maybe you have to meditate outside. Maybe in meditation mm-hmm. outside doesn't mean sitting on the grass for everybody. It might just be, you know, I'm going to my car to clean my car. Dance. Okay. Put, put on your favorite song. Dance. No, that's my favorite thing. Like one of my hood, favorite come things. Come on. <laughs> put on a couple of songs because I'm a hood nigga. Okay. So, okay. So I love me a good trap beat. I'll throw that on. And what I will do is like catch the uh, beat of the song and imagine myself like throwing the energy that does not resonate with me out of my spirit and re and really just like putting in what it is that I need to go ahead and power through the day. And that always charges me up, but it's like, how do you find yourself in a place of like ble- being fully present in the moment and enjoying that time? And how do you use that to charge you up? And it doesn't have to be something that's 15 minutes doesn't have to be something that's 30 minutes. It can be something that's five minutes, two minutes, just giving yourself that moment to check in and know that you can move forward from wherever you were emotionally, energetically at that time to be in a better space. And then if you realize, damn, like I really switched some shit around. Like I really got this shit. Then it's like, whoa, Come I can on. do this again. Oh, and I can do this again. All, and that's I'm what so over healing Because is. I just didn't have this conversation for probably the next six hours. But thank you so <laughs> much for just this. I mean, y'all, this is such a light pour. Yeah, like this ain't even. It's barely an hour, but I know y'all's attention span. So we gonna have to do another couple shows and get the people together. Um, and and and, but in the meantime, honey, they can access you and your service. Okay. So tell the people where they can find you, how they can access your service, your business, what you do, and then, honey, we you know we gonna wrap it up. Okay, listen, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, at GangstaGurry, and Gangsta with an A, because I'm going to do that ER buster shit over here. Um, Gurry is G-U-R-R-Y. You can find me um, on either of those. I have a Patreon where I like to share basically what's going on in my life with uh, people that are subscribed. I like to give basically weekly guidance, weekend guidance um, from your higher self. So like, how do we stay on the path? How do we stay as close to the light? Because listen, niggas be trying to snatch us off bit and I'm fighting all of them off of me. You know what I'm saying? We are not doing that. So it's like, if you want to go ahead and come, you know, join in that regard, you can. Um, As far as services are concerned, I am 
doing a couple of things for the new year, just like preparing people for like 2021. Um, but I always tell you, if you're interested, holler at me in the DMs or you can email me gangstagurry at gmail.com mm-hmm. and we can figure something else to, you know, set up so we can get you the healing that you need. Come and make an appointment for yourself because you know what? That's what's the most important going into 2021. Oh, giving Thank a fuck you about so you much, and your time. guys. I'm going to definitely tag uh, Gary. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gigi. Thank we're going to... We're going to tag him and make sure y'all get all the information in the show um, description, (laughs) of course. And you know where you can listen to the show, share with your friends, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Anchor app, all that good stuff. I am Chef to the Stars is the number two on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. All the haters, honey, hit me up. I'ma get some money in the trade. I'ma get some money anyway. I'ma get some money any day.